0: Hmm? Ah. Huh.
1: Aloha, everybody. I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Jason. Wait, and I'm this Jason. Is strange. Forgot to say it like <laughs> <one>. <laughs>
1: and this is strange indeed a podcast dedicated to the show lock and key
2: today we'll be covering the first episode of season one entitled Welcome to Matheson and are missing someone I'm sorry for not being <laughs> shown I just want to apologize to everyone
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't have to apologize everybody knew you were coming everybody knew they that did. you were coming so.
2: oh you you mentioned it last week.
1: I, well, I think you told everyone before we announced it.
2: I put it out you, on you Facebook, looked, but no one checks no yeah, that.
1: I don't know if anybody really looked at it or whatever, but yeah, I think you announced it before we did, which I was fine with, because I think you asked me, and I was like, yeah, it's totally fine. It's not a secret. It was just we weren't putting it out there. But yeah, we're missing Sean. Sean's on a little hiatus at the moment, so it's just going to be you. Boo! Oh, I'm sorry. I can hear I can hear it. I can hear them. I can hear them I'm like, "No, not just just get Sean. I think they would I think they would rather listen to you and Sean do it because you and Sean always have a really good time together." It's not
2: happening. Sean Not happening. Sean hates lock and key.
1: <laughs> I don't he doesn't I don't think he hates it. I'm not I don't know. I don't know what his thoughts are on. I'm hoping he's, he's busy. He's busy, man. He's like going to have to He's
2: being a dad and I think he does he have three podcasts
1: I well he this one and language of romance and I think Didn't his wrestling that? podcast might have wrapped up he was doing that one and I think it. I think just because the show was off but I think when it comes back on he comes yeah, back with he's it He's busy yeah I he's really busy and, and I think work he's got a pretty high demand kind right. of job Jesus Christ so,
2: I can't believe he does yeah. all that
1: Yeah, so he's super busy. So he's taking a small hiatus. So it's just going to be us for Lock and Key. But that's okay. I think we're going to be fine because you and I are both pretty stoked. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, I was going to,
2: you know, Lock and Key is this comic book that I read uh, when it came out. It's a series of comic books. And it's great because it has a beginning, middle and end. And it was a really good story. And I loved it. And it was one of my favorite comics of all time ever. And I was just hoping that it would become a TV series. And they had a couple of false starts. They did like two different pilots that, then didn't end up getting picked up and so when i heard it was coming on to netflix i actually was thinking about starting another podcast a podcast on it but then you said that you and sean were going to cover it and so i'm just like well i'll just come on with you guys if that's all right and you guys said it was okay and then sean's like now's my chance to take a break <laughs> <laughs> so that's how this happened but i'm excited about lock Here's- and key because it's i've been waiting for it <laughs>
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, Sean's like, here's my exit. Um, I'm taking over, guys. I've taken over. I've kicked Sean out. He's out the door. No, that's so not true. I'm teasing. Well, I was really excited to have you here because I know that you were pretty stoked about Lock and Key, and I knew you had the history with the comics. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to have you here. So thank cool. you uh, for being here. Because if you weren't, um, what I'd be sitting here talking to myself, and nobody wants that.
2: It'd really be interesting. So. I've, I've thought about doing an episode of walking dead cast just by myself to see, but yeah, I don't know. There are sometimes there, you
1: do do it by yourself. You don't let Karen talk very much. <laughs> there
2: are podcasts that just have one person, but, um, I know, but it's not my style. I'd rather talk over somebody else than just talk by myself. Yeah. <laughs> Interrupt a lot. You excel.
1: No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I do that on accident. Sometimes I get so enthusiastic or I, I think someone's finished talking and they're not. So I've never I'm guilty that. of that too. No. <laughs> what? Stop. <laughs> don't not allow to make fun of me on, <laughs> on, on own my podcast. own podcast. Oh, <laughs> I know. What are you going to do? I, if no, you can't, I can't give me shit. I don't shit? <laughs> think I can
2: follow those rules. I didn't know
1: there were rules. Hmm. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll negotiate on that a little bit. Okay. Um, Well, I'm really excited to start talking about the show if you are. So if you're ready, let's go ahead and jump into our top five. And since you are my special guest co-host, why don't you start us off with your number five?
2: Okay, it's kind of the whole overall environment, the tone and the atmosphere of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I read the comics a while back, but I kind of decided not to read them again because I didn't want to get... Refamiliarize myself with the story and then be you know picking apart whether it was the same or different and i know we're going to do a comic talk section later because you've been reading them more recently but i wanted to kind of
0: mm-hmm.
2: come to it a little more fresh and not remember exactly what to expect but what i remember about the comic what i loved about it is this really great combination of different things the inventiveness of the different keys the beautiful art of the comics by uh, Gabrielle Garcia, I think his name, um, Rodriguez. Gabriel Rodriguez, the, the sadness and the tragedy of everything that's happened to the people, um, these characters mm-hmm. that you get really attached to and you want to see succeed and overcome all this and the scariness and and horror of it and edginess of it. And I think the first episode really touched on a lot of that it captured a lot of it uh, which I'm I'm really happy about especially the tragedy and and feeling starting to feel attached to the characters and the um, the inventiveness of the key started to come in at the end which I really love the scariness and edginess and horror of the comics I don't think is going to come through on the show that much it's lighter mm-hmm. than the comic and it, it feels like it's leaning towards being more of a teenage drama and away from horror and, um, I, and I, so I started going through some, uh, reviews and I, I wasn't reading them cause I don't want to get too spoiled, but I was reading headlines and just kind of scanning through. And that's what people are saying, mm-hmm. especially people who know the comics, it feels like they're disappointed that they think it might be kind of w- watered yeah. down and like Dawson's Creek, Creekifying it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've read some of that too.
2: And I, and I kind of wonder if uh this is just a a theory but since they just had haunting of hill house so it was so big for netflix that it feels like it has a lot in common with this it's the this big old house with kids and it's weird horror things going on so i wonder if they might not have wanted to skew it more towards being kind of a teen show to not make it too much like or at least appear to be like haunting of hill house did you think about that at all
1: oh heck yeah i did Yeah.
2: So, so I'm, uh, so I'm sort. I I did read, start to read a review from somebody who hadn't read the comics, and he liked it. So I think maybe the key here, no pun intended, is to just kind of let go of my expectations from the comics and try to appreciate it for what it is. Because I did like it. I I thought the acting was really good from everybody, and even the casting. Yeah. I thought the characters really match their comic book counterparts, especially Kinsey and uh, Bodie and the well woman, almost exactly like I would have pictured the live action versions to be. And so, um, you know, I, I think they, it's good for, for what it is right now. And also the whole effect of the mirror Key prison of the self thing at the end, where they're staring at themselves in the mirror and they're like evil looking doppelganger looking out was creepy as hell. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of thrilling. Like I, I think I felt I liked it, but I felt like a man, if, if we don't get some edgy stuff in here, I might get bored and that. Just kicked it into gear for me, so I love that. Yeah, the 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 look of it is really great. I mean, the art is beautiful in the comic, but the show looks great with the New England setting, which I love, and the big beautiful house and how they're um on this sort of almost an island with this isthmus isthmus connecting it, <laughs> and, and the whole like uh, the bluff with the dramatic rocky coast you know and all that and the title sequence is really cool too the stylized art and all that so anyway I, I guess I'm trying to say I, I hope I can let go of my expectations based on the comic and just appreciate it for what it is because I think if I hadn't read the comic I would have just been like totally positive yeah I really like this
1: Hmm. I agree yeah some of the hardcore folks out there are not showing as much love for it I, that I was reading the same and even though I'm reading the comics um they're still new to me and and maybe because I haven't you know I don't know I love them but maybe they haven't grabbed a hold of me yet where I have that special place where you feel like oh my gosh you know don't you know how folks are when, when they do an adaptation and all you can think of is, oh my gosh, please don't mess this up because you know, I love this so much. And then you know when it's not what you expect it to be or if it doesn't hold up or something, then you get so disappointed. And so I'm not quite there with it because I think even though the comics are a little bit different, like I said, they're a little bit darker, a little bit edgier. Um, I think the show holds up really well. I feel like they were kind of um, – yeah, I think they were trying to make it not as scary as like Haunting of Hill House was. Mm-hmm. Um, but also kind of gearing almost like a stranger things too, a little mm. bit, um, stranger things got a little bit scarier, I think, in some later seasons, but you know, it, was, it had some, a lot of light moments too. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of, you know, where they're at with this a little bit.
2: One thing I, I liked about the teens is they aren't too arch or, or cutesy or something, you know, they they're, they seem pretty grounded. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you know, everybody in town knows that these kids went through this trauma. I assume it was on the news that their father was murdered in front of them. And maybe Mm Key House is famous there. So they know the Locke family was coming or something. And, you know, there are these two girls talking about inviting the Locke girl to their party. And one's like, I don't know, she might be a downer. And the other one's like, yeah, but, you know, she's in a bad place. And I thought they could have really played it like. Uh, some really mean girl types that were totally rude just for to yeah. up the drama, but no, it was just more like real people, how real people would talk, and so that's why I feel like it might be a little different from stranger things where they're almost like in a sitcom or something a lot of the time, which is fun I, you know that's really fun, but this is maybe a little bit more grounded so far, and which I kind of like, mm-hmm
1: i agree yeah, yeah it, it did feel a lot more real mm-hmm. i th- I thought the kids were natural a lot more real not just the yeah not just a lot kids but um the kids at their school yeah and f- new friends that that they're making i
2: wasn't so sure about bodie with his uh he doesn't know what flipping the bird is and he's saying aloha and <laughs> flipping his mom off. it was pretty funny because she I like has this horrified look so on her much. face okay but It was a little too cute, but I guess it was fine.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I laughed so hard like I don't it takes I don't know I'm an ass I guess it just takes a lot for me to like actually laugh out loud yeah when I'm watching something and I'm just I'm just like sitting back in bed and I'm just watching this and all of a sudden you know I'm just and I thought it was funny when the uncle you know he's got his finger up and then you see his his head kind of turn his finger just kind of quickly come down and I'm like oh I bet that little boy saw him and they have their little exchange and then you see him you know aloha <laughs> you know he just he does it with such enthusiasm yeah. that I just lost it it's
2: good because she's, we'll talk about her more later, I'm sure, but she's so struggling just to keep her shit together and to be a mom to the, these kids. And you can tell she's yeah. like really wounded and to have her, her like bright little, the one positive kid do that to her. She doesn't know what to think. <laughs> she's
1: like, what? Thinking, where did he get that? And he's just rolling around on his little Heelys across the house. <laughs> oh that was a really good number five did you have anything else you wanted to say Mm
2: -mm. nope
1: okay that was really good um well i wanted to just kind of mention the opener so we I, i love cold opens i'm i'm a sucker for a good cold open and i thought this um show for its first um episode had a really great opener um you know, when, when the guy comes home and he gets this mysterious phone call, uh, and he it, he even leaves his keys in the door. Did you notice that he left his keys in the door? Like, he was in such, like, whatever exchange he had on the phone, um, he he just rushes in his house and closes his door, and he left his keys in the mm-hmm. door, and that bugged the hell out of me. I don't know if it bugged anyone else, but it bugged me. I'm like, dude, you left your keys in the in the door, but I come to realize that doesn't really matter anymore, mm-hmm. but... You know I'm thinking oh, who is this guy and what's he doing you know he just immediately comes in dumps the stuff and he goes straight down to this room and he, he pulls all of the stuff out looks like a safe um, and I caught glimpses of some pictures I didn't I didn't get too detailed but I did see a couple screenshots um, and I did try to kind of freeze on a few things and it was hard for me to make out but some of the screenshots you could see um, he had pictures um, and drawings of key other keys um, on the table and it There looked like there were um, maybe not quite like blueprints, but, you know, there'd be like a key and then like a a room or some place where the key was hidden. Um,
2: Yeah, I think it was I thought thought it was the floor plan of key house and the location locations of the key. So it would be like a map to where people could find these keys that he wanted to destroy. That's what I thought.
1: Yeah, that's, well, that's what I started piecing together after I, after I watched it yeah. and got more information. Cause that, I mean, we started with that and we hear that Rendell Locke is dead. That's what he finds out. Um, and then he pulls out all of this information and then he, he pulls out the, I don't know what they call it. I, I don't know if I've gotten that far yet. Um, if it is in the comics, I'm still in the middle of reading them. So please don't slay me for my lack of comic knowledge, people. Um, I'm still in the, in the midst of it. Um, so I don't know the name of it, but it looked like it had like a flame, had like a like this fire-looking key. Clearly, um, because then he stabs himself in the chest and and he screams and catches on fire, and then his house like blows up. It didn't just catch on fire; it like starts blowing up. Um, so I'm really curious, you know, to get more information um, about this person. I think I know who he is um, based on on what I've read and what little information I have gotten um from the comics but i i don't quite know where it all goes yet so i don't know what did what did you think about that did you like the cold open or what did you get from that
2: i from reading i've read that there's going to be some things in the show that weren't in the comic and but it's been so long that i read Mm -hmm. it so i've forgotten all the details but i thought oh i don't remember this at all so um maybe it's not in the comic i don't know Uh, by the way i think we're gonna try to avoid too many comic spoilers in the main part right we're gonna do comic talk later on (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah I'm trying to keep it to minimum, a bit of yeah, a minimum, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: so anyway, um I went when I first saw it, I didn't really catch a lot of the details. I just you know was like, oh, oh, this guy just found out somebody died, and now he killed himself with one of these keys, but then, yeah, going back, I noticed that floor plan with the location of the keys, and also he had. The I think was a copy of the same picture that the mom, Nina, was looking at in the attic. Oh,
1: with the teeth group of teenagers, yeah. right. And okay. so
2: then I froze it on the picture, and one of the kids was uh, Asian. So I think it could be that this guy was a high school friend of the dad, Rendell. And so um, I was trying to figure out why would he do all this? Maybe he didn't even kill himself. You never know with these keys, but it seemed like he did. That's Um, true. And destroyed all this stuff. And and the only thing, I mean, it's a mystery that we're not supposed to know the answer to now, I don't think. But if if Rendell is maybe like safeguarding these keys, which is why he wouldn't sell the house, even though his brother Duncan wanted to. And maybe now that Rendell's gone, this guy knows that any information related to them needs to be destroyed or something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I know. That's what I was getting. It's like he sacrificed himself so that information can yeah. be found. Cause all that, all the, the, the plans that he had that showed what looked to be where the keys were hidden went with him. And maybe the key um, got thought, destroyed
2: itself too. Uh, you know, who knows?
1: Right. Like one less key to be yeah. found, I guess. Um, if he's, if it went with him, um, and we can... Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. I guess we can only assume that he's dead. Um, you don't know what these keys because they do seem to have these magical properties. Um, yeah. So I guess we don't really know. But um,
2: And now when we know yeah, that, that, that it that works would... outside of Key House from that scene too. Right. Um, the voice on the phone said, you know what happened? When he said what happened, she, she goes, you know what happened? And I'm like, what does that mean? You know, when I watch it the second time through, does he know how that Sam that kid Sam killed Rendell or what what does it mean I mean I think there's a lot of mystery here that that we'll yeah we'll find out later I
1: like that I like it I thought it was a good way to to kind of open it up with a bang um, yeah with a bang with a flash (laughs) flash fire um but yeah i'm a sucker for a good cold open so this i thought was really interesting and it definitely was leaving me like oh what the hell what the hell is going on and then it completely switches gears you know uh, with you know the show opening um so it was you know just kind of fun it definitely yeah. piqued my interest so and
2: you know um anyway i don't know if i should even say this but uh, I, I i'm sure a lot of people listening have heard other podcasts with me and know that i um was pretty critical of Lost because I thought it brought up a lot of mysteries that that didn't get answered and one of the things that I love about the story of lock and key is it brings up a lot of mysteries and at least in the comic everything gets answered <laughs> so, looking at this, well, if the show's least, the same, at least
1: in the comics, yeah,
2: who knows? But you know, if if I didn't know that, and I would have been watching this scene, this is probably the reason why I even bothered to bring this up. I might have been like, "Why? Why are they bringing up all these mysteries that they're never going to answer?" But I think because it's lock and key, maybe they will.
1: Well, you know, Carlton Cuse is I know. one of the showrunners, there. Right.
2: he's like, "No, no." the one thing I don't like about the comic is. It answers all the mysteries. We got to change that.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, because um, Joe Hill is uh, pretty involved from my understanding um, of what I've read. So, cool. I, I don't know. I feel like he's, you know, keeping it, like guiding it in the right direction or, you know, kind of keeping it, you know, somewhat true-ish. Um But he also said that the the comics won't spoil the show and the show won't spoil the comics. So, like you said, there are elements, um, you know, that are different, that that differ. And we'll definitely talk about that later. But, you know, who knows? I I, kind of worried about that, too. And I was like, oh, Carlton Q, should I be happy? Should I, you know, I don't know. So I'm happy. I I, I, I like this
2: He's been involved with some great stuff. That um, uh, Norman Bates show. What was that?
1: Yeah, Bates, Bates Motel did really well, yeah. right? And then on AM, was the that on Strand A&E or, or something?
2: something. The, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of his sh- stuff, but I've read good things about it. I think um, Lindelof is the main one that really likes to put in those mysteries. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think you're right. Anyway, yeah, I think I think we're okay. I yeah. think I think they'll make sure that. They might get answered maybe a different way than they did in the comics, but I'm sure we'll get answers. But anyway. Okay. Well, that then leaves your number four. What did you have for that one?
2: Well, I noticed that, and and anyone who watched this, that a big central thing about it was about the family's grief and how they're Mm. trying to, you know... Respond to it and how other people are responding and I think the core of the show at least right now is that this big bomb went off in this family where their father was murdered in front of them and it's this big fresh wound. It only happened three months before the beginning of the show. Yeah. And so it's very it's hanging over everything. They're just so there except for Bodie, who somehow seems really positive. Was he in the house when it happened? I don't think he was right.
1: He was he was hiding with Kinsey oh, Jesus after Christ. yeah. So yeah, I guess just yeah. different
2: people handle things in different ways. But the mom, well,
1: and kids, I feel like tend to bounce back. Kids are fairly resilient. They can, he, yeah. He's the youngest, so maybe maybe it's just he's a little bit more resilient because he's younger. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah, and it's cool. I mean, I like that they're not all exactly the same. Um, but the mom. I, I, you know, i th- <laughs> they're all hurting and, and they're definitely need to be given a lot of leeway to, to deal with it. And they're not going to be their best selves. But watching it yeah. personally, I was like, man, those kids need to be nicer to their mom.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, come on.
2: I mean, she, oh, she, she. She got shot and then she fucking had to watch her husband die. And and I felt sorry for her. Uh, but I wonder how much of that is because I'm a parent. And maybe if I was a teen right now, I wouldn't even feel that way. Like I'd just be on their side. Totally.
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think if I took myself back, I, I don't think I'd probably be because I wasn't you know, I, I had issues with my mom I was not a nice nice person whenever I was a teenager or a very young teenager so I can imagine I wouldn't be any better had I lost a parent in that fashion yeah. or been through the you know similar trauma I probably would not it would not have made me any nicer I can tell you <laughs> no I don't think <laughs> I probably wouldn't so have either. Yeah, yeah um so I, ha- I had an attitude so like
2: when she um, said things would get you know, I promise things will get better here. And Kinsey gets really mad and says, dad never did bullshit platitudes like, well, damn, but mom just lets it roll off and keeps on going. And, and I also did feel like maybe it wasn't a great idea to move everyone away from everything they knew. But I, I guess if things weren't working back at home, it it was worth a try. But anyway, she, she's not, it's clear that she's, Really, at least what I got out of it is she's really having a hard time holding it together. Like the whole scene with the eggshells and the scrambled eggs and then the whisk in the garbage disposal. And Kinsey had to forge the signature to get Tyler's hockey permission slip thingy and sent the email to get their schoolwork Mm -hmm. and all that. It's like, they're kind of having to take up, you know, her slack from not being able to be fully present as a mom. And they're, yeah. they're not, you know, happy about that necessarily, but it's really hard for the kids too. And, and I think both Kinsey and Bodie, I mean, not Bodie, uh, Tyler have a lot of shame and guilt on how they handled it. Kinsey hid and she's feels guilty and Tyler blames himself for not being able to save him, like get through that door and save him. So they're dealing with guilt and shame over that. And, uh, uh, but what i what i thought was kind of cool is that even though they're kind of acting out and they're kind of withdrawn and morose and everything and um they still you can tell they care about each other like when tyler mm-hmm. let Bodie choose his room i oh, you choose I, i'm like dude really you're gonna let the kid <laughs> no <laughs> kidding <laughs>
1: Uh, Don't let the the the, the, kid, the child, the, the baby of the family pick your, yeah, no kidding.
2: Uh, Kinsey took that selfie with Tyler to text to dad. That was really sweet.
1: Oh, I know. That was really nice. And
2: then uh, Tyler picked Kinsey up after she left her new friend Scott's house all upset about that final girl thing. That was really nice. So you can tell they're trying to take care of each other. So that's nice. Um, the last thing I had about just their grief as just how the town is reacting. And I kind of mentioned that already, how they're trying to be helpful and, it, and uh, they, they were extra helpful though, this guy, Scott, and then Tyler being asked to go to this party and hit on by this girl. Um, it's almost crazy. Like they're being courted and, I almost felt like Mm -hmm. maybe it's because they're really good looking and if they weren't that good looking, people wouldn't be all over them like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know.
1: I don't know if that's true or not. I feel like, you know, that doesn't matter so much as if, you know, the attitude that you, that you present yourself with, you know, I feel, you know, Kinsey is kind of keeping her head down and just doesn't want to be bothered. She secludes herself, you know, by by going off in a different part of the school to eat her lunch and doesn't really, you know, she's definitely putting out the vibe of like, I, I, I don't want to be bothered and I'm really not into socializing, but you know, Tyler, he's going out and he's, trying out for the hockey team and when you try out for sports that automatically you know kind of creates a camaraderie with the other people because you know well and he's really good at it so he gets recognition for being good at it and then that gets noticed and then they're like hey you're really good and you know um so i, I feel like sports kind of already you know puts you out there a little bit where you're socializing where Kinzie's kind of hiding herself um off to the side i don't think it matters so much um
2: how they look i think
1: <laughs> nowadays maybe that how they how they look it doesn't hurt sure i you know maybe you know with the opposite sex as far as that's concerned but i think as far as just friends or you know i don't think that matters i think it's just like the attitude that you that you present it's all about the energy that you put out i think
2: yeah i mean i think it's it's complicated too i mean there's uh different you can have different motivations together like you know they want to just everyone wants to just be nice and and accommodating but I think that definitely the girl that dragged Tyler into the bedroom probably thought he was attractive and, uh, oh, sure. and even Scott I think he kind of has a crush on Kinsey
1: totally <laughs> I like that okay do you have anything else nope okay uh, well, my number four. You, you mentioned a lot of it already because you were talking about it. I think in your number five, but I really love the cinematography um, in the show. I think there are so many beautiful elements. Um, it's, oh, it's I'm getting ready to start talking about the comics again, and I got to snap myself <laughs> back a little because we'll talk about that later. Um, but Key House, I loved Keyhouse. Like when you see them pull up that drive and you see the big house. I'm I'm a sucker for those, you know, big old victorian type style houses um kind of like when um in hunting of hill house i mean i just thought that was a gorgeous house i mean scary as shit but it was beautiful um and Key House was so full of character. I love, I mean, those floors, like when Nina walks in and she's like, oh my gosh, are those original? You know, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, my God, that's a beautiful floor. And I was looking at the, all these beautiful original windows and that woodwork that you just you just don't see that um, anymore. I thought it was so beautiful and ornate in that beautiful detail. Um, and that one door in that library that um, I, I know it's going to have a name to it yet. I, I haven't gotten to it yet in the comic and people are probably, you know, like smacking me right now um uh, through the internet um <laughs> angry at me that I don't know it yet but um I know that that's going to mean something later and I know it has a name um but I thought this just this beautiful ornate design that was beautiful I love you mentioned it earlier the cliff when they when Tyler goes walking out there and that beautiful ocean view I thought that was just one of the most beautiful scenes that I'd seen and had it not been snowing and cold, I wouldn't mind standing there in that moment um, and just kind of taking in that view and that beautiful. um, It's like I could almost smell the salty air. Mm -hmm. Um, It just seems so real and like I was really there. I thought the view of the town was beautiful. Um, You got this beautiful overhead shot of the the town, which is uh, Matheson. Um, I found out it wasn't really shot in Massachusetts. This is actually a small town in Nova Scotia, um, where they filmed this. Um, so I thought that was interesting, but I just thought it was absolutely beautiful. You had these beautiful, vibrant, colored buildings, and I thought that it was a really cool contrast to what you would see in the comics, um, where the colors are just a little bit different um, and somewhat muted in some parts. When you, So you have this really beautiful, and I, I thought it was kind of maybe a contrast to maybe the... Um, uh, I don't want to say horror because I don't really think we're we're really fully into a uh, horror yet. But there's a little bit of a scary, spooky, mysterious dynamic. So you have this beautiful, um, uh, bright town. I thought. Um, so I really like that. And then the view of the road when they're driving, um, you know, you've got the water on the both sides. I thought the lighting was absolutely gorgeous. Um, they picked the exact right time to film that. I just thought that was absolutely beautiful. And then the school itself. So I thought it was really interesting that that's actually a boarding school that they're at. But hey, they have day, uh, you know, day kids too that just, you know, go for the day. I thought that had like a Hogwarts kind of feel to it. Um And it even had the funny little message on the wall when Kinsey's down there eating her lunch and says something about Hogwarts doesn't want you or something like that. Your
2: invitation's not coming Um, or something.
1: Yeah, something like that. Um, And I thought it was funny because it it was almost like a a cupboard under the stairs because she was like down at the end of the stairs and in this like small little alcove off to the side. So that was kind of funny. But so I thought all of that was just, you know, just really beautiful. And I so appreciate attention to detail. And I think that they, they really did that. And they've, I think even hidden a few things, um, as far as the visuals, because, um, kind of like a, an Easter egg kind of thing is when Bodie's looking down the well, And you're, it's like you're, you have the view from the bottom of the well and he's looking down at you. And so when you're looking up, if you look up above the ceiling of the, the well house, it's the shape of a key.
2: Mm -hmm. It's that, uh, Um, hook that goes down into the well, I think was, yeah, when you looked at it from that angle, it looked like the end of the key.
1: Yeah. So there, yeah, there's the, um, you can see the top of the key and then, yeah, the hook would be like the bottom uh-huh. part of the key. So I thought that was really fun. So I love that they're, that their attention to detail and I just think it's, I think it's beautiful. I think it's vibrant. Um, and I just, I really appreciate that. So I'm, I'm definitely going to enjoy the rest of the, you know, if the rest of the series with all of this, you know, beautiful scenery to take in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with everything you said, the cinematography, I think it- there was one scene, uh, shot of, I think it was the road from above and you could just see like the, maybe the snowy landscape and the trees cut by the road. It just looks nice. You can tell they want it to look great and they're doing a really good job of that, which helps a lot. And I mean, I thought, I thought the first episode was slow paced, but I, I like that if it's interesting and it bordered on being a little too slow for me sometimes, but I would rather it be, slow paced and good than feel like it's rushed or something. And especially Mm -hmm. if you have these really nice shots and the scenery is so beautiful.
1: Yep. Yeah. I agree. Cool.
2: Okay. Okay. What's your number three? Okay. My it's the keys. So we got, we saw three keys and there were a couple more mentioned. We saw, they didn't name it, but the flame key and I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Each one of these keys worked differently. The flame key—you plunge it into your chest. Did he turn it? I don't know if he turned it or if he just stuck it in there. And
1: uh, I don't know if I could bear to watch. <laughs> watch he just again. started like, <sighs> <"Rrr."> yeah,
2: <laughs> and everything around you bursts into flames. And we don't know if the keys to destroy is destroyed or not. There's the anywhere key where it's uh, Bodhi finds it in Kinsey's bracelet that her dad gave her. And you can think of any place you've been and use the key to open presumably any door. And then on the other side will be the place that you thought of and you can walk through, which is totally awesome. Um, And I thought it was really frustrating in a good way when Bodhi tried to demonstrate that for Kinsey to try to get her to the Eiffel Tower and it didn't work. uh, (laughs) Because it's like it reminded me of like on Sesame Street, how. Big Bird always told everyone she had this friend Snuffleupagus and no one would believe her (laughs) or him I mean Um, I always think a Big Bird is a girl anyways and then um, finally everybody saw Snuffleupagus and I was so relieved and that and I was relieved in this episode too when um, they I thought maybe it was going to be a thing where nobody believed Bodhi for a long time so when they saw the mirror key working I was like oh good I just felt so relieved
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
2: And so speaking of the mirror key, that's the third one, which has two faces in a mirror on it and you hold it near a mirror and a keyhole opens in the mirror and then you see creepy, evil, smiling versions of yourself beckoning you to step through the mirror. Right. Didn't they look creepy?
1: it was creepy. Yeah. I was, it, I don't know if it was a lighting change or just what it was exactly that looked so menacing because, you know, here's sweet little Bodhi, you know, that and the, but then when you see his reflection, it was like, Oh, he looks creepy. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's creepy enough that your reflection isn't doing what you're doing, but I think they had these like evil Star Trek mirror universal smiles on their face. That was sort of like, Ooh. So, so that was just
1: disturbing. Yeah.
2: Which was really, uh, kind of thrilling, I thought. But, um, anyway, it's really cool that I guess the way it works is you walk through the mirror and it had that really cool crackling effect. And then you're stuck in this infinite hall of reflections and mirrors. And then when you hit or touch one, it cracks and then everything gets more confusing and you get lost in there until you, starve and die and your flesh rots away and you're just a skeleton. So, um, I wouldn't want that key. I wouldn't want, want to have anything to do with that. I
1: would, I, I didn't like that one. (laughs) I, I, I was finding, well, except for, I guess maybe the fired key where if, if that's, if that's its purpose, uh, I don't know about that one, but I really, I, I liked the mirrored key because I thought the, the visuals were super trippy and I appreciated that. Um, and I, you know i liked the reflections when the when the mirrors would break and you know they couldn't find each other like when tyler went in there to get her and um his mom and stuff and i thought that the key was a good reminder maybe not just to us but maybe to to let the family know how dangerous the keys can actually be you know they're not just all fun and games you can't just go get ice cream you know every time you get a a key but um yeah i i didn't like that one yeah. That, mm, that's that's one thing I <laughs> like about
2: the story. And it's great that they, of the three keys they introduced, two of them you wouldn't want to have anything to do with. Um, it just shows you that these things aren't, yeah, like you said, all fun and games that can be dangerous. And uh, the woman in the well, who I'm just calling Echo for now, mentioned mm-hmm. a key that can let you step outside your body and be a ghost and also another that can change the way you look, although she's a freaking liar. So we don't know if we can believe anything she says, but there's two more keys that could possibly show up and a couple more things about them. They, they, they call to Bodhi by whispering and Echo said it's because he's special. And, uh, yeah, let's see what else I wrote down here that cause I was looking up how to talk about keys and the handle of a key I didn't know is called a bow and the shaft is called the blade and the, um, cut part that makes contact with the internal components of the lock is called the bidding. Well, I'll probably never say any of those words again. Um, But but yeah, learn
1: something new. (laughs) When
2: I was thinking about writing all this, I was, I was like, Oh, I'll ask Rima, which one of the keys would she like the best? But it's pretty obvious that it would be the anywhere key. Right.
1: Right now, uh, just for the ones I've been exposed to, I really like the Anywhere key. But I, I, I like, I, I found it interesting, you know, when like Bodhi was all mad and he's like, it didn't work for Kinsey. And, you know, she's like, well, have you ever seen a door at the Eiffel Tower? You know, it feels, it's kind of what I'm getting um, for how it works is that it has to have a door and then you have to have seen the door for it to work.
2: Oh, is that what she said? Yeah, I thought somehow yeah. she said, yeah, you'd had to have been in the place, but which is effectively what you're saying, right? Because you're saying you'd have to have seen the door of wherever the place is.
1: hmm Yeah. That's that's what I got from it. Like if, if Or if a door doesn't exist there. Um, then you can't you know, really you, do it. Then you can't really get there. Um, and then if you haven't seen it, you have to be able to picture it, I guess, mm-hmm. for it to work.
2: One thing, this is sort of a nitpick, but when he went to the ice cream store uh, you could see him open the door to his, to Kinsey's bedroom and um, through it was the ice cream store. And as he started to walk through, I think you could see the other side of the door was still the bedroom door. But then when the camera Mm -hmm. shifted and was showing him from inside the ice cream store, the door behind him looked like the ice cream store door. So it's like, well, how does the door, when does the door change? And, is one side like one thing and the other side like the other?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if it had to do with when Bodie used it, because I, I don't know if he took the, the key out of the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he put it back in the door, then it turned back into, like, the bedroom. I don't know. But it was a good good um, use of, like, the camera and, and how they kind of shifted. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I think it was funny because it kind of makes you well, – what's really happening here? How is this happening? And even Bodie was like, you know, am I really here? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: That, <laughs> so that was a great scene. The whole scene I loved.
1: It was, yeah. It was,
2: awesome. it was
1: adorable because I'm like, that's exactly what I would say. I love this little kid. <laughs> he's like, I'm just, ice, love this little boy. Ice
2: parlor. <laughs> I, he's
1: like, it, it's so cute because he's like, if I just hold it and wish about it, that's what's going to happen. He's not thinking that I actually have to put put it into a lock and open a door he thinks that she's gonna like you know rub a genie lamp or something and it's gonna appear he's so cute am i really here <laughs> yeah that's funny he's he's super adorable did you know that he he played georgie in the new it movies yeah one and two the
2: one that gets dragged into the sewer by he's Pennywise, georgie. right
1: yeah, I I paid no attention at all when the show was coming on. Who was being cast? You know, I I just tried to kind of um, separate myself from it a little bit and just kind of be surprised. And um, and of course, I I didn't know a lot of them because a lot of folks are, are newcomers. Like these, most of these kids are, are newcomers. But um, so I didn't know that this little boy that that's who that was. But as soon as I heard his voice when um, they were all in the car um, before they got to the house, mm-hmm. and um, as soon as I heard his voice, I was like why do I know that voice? And he said something again. And I was like, all I could hear was you'll float too.
2: <laughs> he was Georgie. good. He was so good. I think he was cause kid actors aren't always that great. And I think they were all really good. The mom, yes. the, all the three kids.
1: Yeah. They've, they've done a really great job, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's super cute kid. So that was, I just thought really funny. This little kid is definitely uh, C- cracking me up. I don't know if that's, you know, I I know some folks are having a, an issue with the humor um in it, but I'm I'm getting a kick out mm. of it. I think it's nice to have some of that sprinkled Absolutely. Um,
2: if they were yeah. all just like crying and sad the whole time, it would be it would be a downer.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it would. And I, and again, like you were talking about, it's like it keeps it I think grounded and in, in real because I feel like, you know, if you've got three kids who've all been through this event, they're all going to be kind of going through something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and how they're processing or how they're doing. So uh, I feel like it's kind of real. Yep. Anyway, okay, well, that actually leads me into my number three, and that's just the family dynamic. And I really like shows that have a really good family d- dynamic, like this one that does feel real. Uh, we talked about Haunting of Hill House um, that if you guys haven't seen it I'm not going to go too far into it but it could be a little spoiler if you guys haven't seen it um and I'm going to chastise everyone again if you haven't seen it go watch Haunting of Hill House so good um but that show also has a really great family dynamic I loved um on that show the relationship between the siblings and I felt really invested right away from like the first episode like I really cared about those characters and you know what happened to them and and what they were going through, and and I feel it right away with this show as well. I I really love the relationship between the siblings you mentioned it earlier. You know, I, I like the relationship between the um, between Tyler and Kinsey. Um, they seem pretty close in age, um, so I, I and they both seem to kind of be taking their loss um, of their their father and being plucked away from everything that they know and uh, about the same fashion they both seem to be handling it about the same you know they're they're both kind of struggling with it and for their own reasons um but it feels real and then even with um with their relationship with bodhi you know seems pretty real like a real you know younger brother who's annoying Mm. you know called him snot gobbledygook. my bracelet you know yeah and you know just kind of like you know oh shut up you know i would you know when he's like well let's play a game and which sense would you want to be without and she's like well right now my sense of hearing (laughs) (laughs) so it just seems really real and i feel like they all have a really good chemistry i totally buy all three of those kids as real siblings and i i like that sometimes it you know it's Kind of a hit or miss sometimes um and i think that they do a really good job i think the casting was really on point for all of them i feel like they really kind of captured um who those kids were um like from their characters in in the comics um that i know them but even if you didn't i mean that doesn't matter i think they do a really good job i like the uh, actor that plays uncle duncan i've seen him before and i can never remember his name i've always enjoyed uh, you know, I don't know. I, I honestly don't is. know. I'd have to look him up. Okay, you might be talking, right, but I'll I've seen him up. other things. Okay. Uh-huh. So I, I thought he was really great. I liked, um, you know, how he has a really great relationship with the kids, especially Bodie. Um, and he's just trying to kind of keep things moving forward for them. Cause he, you know, I mean, and he lost his brother. That was his brother. So, you know, um, I don't know what kind of relationship they had, but you know, it seems like he's just trying to keep moving, you know, maybe for them and stay strong for them.
2: It's Aaron Um, Ashmore, who I assume is Sean Ashmore's brother. Yeah. His twin brother. That's why I thought it was him.
1: (laughs) Oh, I didn't know he had a twin. Isn't that interesting? So he,
2: Sean Ashmore is, um, Iceman in the X-Men movies. And he played in that game. Reem and I actually played this game together. The man of Medan, Yes, um, I remember. Sean Ashmore, I mean, Aaron Ashmore was in Warehouse 13, a bunch of Smallville. He played Jimmy Olsen. Anyway.
1: Yep. That's what, dang, I didn't know he had a twin. (laughs) I knew he was, I was like, I know I've seen this guy in so many things. Um,
2: Twice as many, turns out.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah twice as many i might i might have seen him and thought it was him but it was really his freaking brother um that's funny boy they're pretty spot on as twins mm-hmm. um but yeah i really i really liked him thought you know i'm interested to kind of find out more about him a little bit because we you know didn't get too much we got some but don't really know a whole lot about him um or his life um but i i like it so far as like i feel like how they're showing this family dealing with the trauma. It's not a unique trope at all. Um, You know, we see that a lot in in movies or shows, but I think they're really doing a good job so far. And I do care about, you know, what happens to this family. That doesn't happen very often for me, just first off, you know, that episode um, where I feel kind of that connection You know, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I care about these people and, you know, I I, like want the best for them and, you know, or I feel bad for them if something happens. Like when, you know, Kinsey is at school and, like you said, the the conversation where she overhears those girls talking, like, oh, we should invite that lock girl. And she's kind of just overhearing. And, you know, I was like, oh, please don't say anything mean Mm -hmm. or be a mean girl, you know, in that moment about Kinsey because I was just really going to be, um, hurt for her over that. So just stuff like that. Um, so I, I like what they've done. They've done a really great job, um, getting, you know, this cast together and, and making it feel real, um, for me. So I hope, I hope everyone, you know, kind of feels that a little bit.
2: Yep. Yeah. I'm a little worried about it seeming too cliched, but I think because the acting is so good and, um, that's the biggest thing but also just the dialogue is pretty natural and stuff that i'm i'm feeling the same way kind of connected to them and wanting the best for them and everything
1: yeah i hate when i'm watching a show and i'm like people don't talk like that yeah, stop it you know? totally. <laughs> yeah Okay, well, that's all that I have for my number three. So what do you have for your number two?
2: Two is kind of the mysteries of Key House and what's going on with Key House. And what we know about it is that it's the Locke family home, that it's been in their family for generations because Uncle Duncan's talking about how their ancestors built up the library and everything. And mm-hmm. But that Rendell never brought his family there. And uh, I forget which character, but someone said it was because... Oh, I think it was Tyler because he said it was a depressing shithole that wasn't fit for derelicts. <laughs> and then you see yeah. Duncan flipping off the key house. So apparently he doesn't like it either. Um, so, you know, I, I, uh, I, it's interesting. Like, uh, what's his name? Rendell didn't want to sell it, but didn't want to go there and had bad things to say about it. Um, so, what 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 was going on with it? And Duncan, I guess he just kind of lives nearby. At first, I thought maybe he lived there, but then he went away, right? So he must. Yeah, just... I
1: think he lives in Boston. He said. Oh, okay. Going to Boston, yeah.
2: And then, um, you know, I was trying to figure out what Randall's relationship with was Key, with Keyhouse. Well, when the mom went through the the mirror door and came out, she seemed to forget what happened, and mm-hmm. so it that seemed like a magical thing. I mean, at first I thought maybe she was just in denial or didn't want to talk about it, but then it was just, obviously she just totally didn't even know what happened. So that made me wonder if the other adults don't know either. Um, but seems like if that guy in the very first scene, he knew about the keys, he had one and, and Rendell, I I don't know. We'll find out the mysteries behind it, but, um, his killer Sam lesser when he bursts into his house in that flashback scene says to Rendell, you're going to tell me what I need to know about key house. So he's there to get information about key house. And it's, I think Rendell was a teacher cause they're talking about talk to me tomorrow at the school in my office.
1: And, I think it was a guidance counselor. Okay.
2: And, yeah. and so it seems like, the key house or information about the keys or people wanting to get the keys or something is central to why Rendell was killed, which then makes it sort of ironic that the family moved there for a fresh start. Cause they've unwittingly found themselves in the place. That's like seemingly at the center of why their dad was killed, but hopefully they're going to mm-hmm. work through it all there. Um, but anyway, yeah, then there's that whole thing with that first guy and why he had to do what he did when he found out that Rendell was dead. So there's just a lot of mystery about these keys and I, it feels like there's a huge past to be to to the key house too. And things that happened when Rendell was in high school, maybe. So I hope we find out a lot about that during the course of the series. I don't know if they're planning for this to be ongoing indefinitely, or if they've greenlit a season two or what.
1: So, uh, there. from what I've read, there has not been an official green light for season two, but Carlton Cuse, he said that they are, I guess, mapping out a season two, even though they don't have an official green light. So, huh. you know, I guess they have material um, and I don't know how far like we I know that there are six um, volumes, I guess, of the comic Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how much, I don't think that they, I don't know what I, well, I hate to keep talking about the comics or anything like that, but um, so I don't know how much they cover um, in the season into the comics, if they left enough for, for season two or whatever, but, and then I also heard that um, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez are going to um, write more.
2: Right, um, episodes or Block something? Or more comics, yeah. yeah, yeah more yeah, yeah. comics, I mean, yeah. occasionally they'll put out a one shot that takes place in another time with other people, but um, you know, has to do with different magical keys in key house and stuff like that. So they've done that. I I don't know if they're going to do more stories with the lock family that feels finished, but maybe they will.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're not saying too much, of course, Um, Mm -hmm. but that's just the little, little that I know. Cool. Anyway, so that was your number two?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, my number two was the mirror key, which we've already talked about. And I think that you made all the same points that I had. Um, and then I already kind of added to it. So
2: the only thing else about that for me is um, I loved the visuals of it. Mm-hmm. And I loved how when you cracked a mirror in frustration, it looked like it made it even more confusing. I was a yeah. little critical that they just said, oh, just close your eyes and follow my voice. And they found each other easily. And then they were, they got out pretty easily considering there were a lot of bones. But maybe the people who were in there before just wandered in by themselves and didn't have anybody to help them. And, yeah. and then I thought I if, if uh, Tyler could, you know, they could pull him out with that rope, then couldn't he just like follow the rope out himself? But I guess it's magic, so you can't really talk about it too logically
1: yeah you can't can't really analyze it too much because we're we're not walking yeah. through closet mirrors right there.
2: right not too much i'm gonna go not try too much it right now here goes I haven't, oh
1: yeah oh <laughs> that's work. gonna leave a mark
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i like that scene though whenever they did that it reminded me of poltergeist when they um pulled had to pull um carol right. out of that W- the or whatever or she was yeah yeah when they went through the closet with her with her mother oh god i love that movie me too um, so, good. so good kind of
2: feels maybe a similar vibe to this one a little bit mm, a little, little bit lighter family
1: that. A little bit. I mean, yeah. There was there was some humor in Poltergeist, but man, that movie scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Because I watched it as a kid. I watched all the horror movies as a kid. That's why I'm probably so dark and twisted right now, but in my adult the life. The clown but
2: scared me the most.
1: The clown was the worst. Mm-hmm. I, that clown is the reason that today I still can't like put my feet by the edge of the bed and I can't let my feet hang off the edge of the bed because some fucked up clown's going to grab no me and way. pull me underneath my bed.
2: If I wake up and my foot is sticking out, it's going back in under the cover.
1: It's going way back in under the cover. <laughs> tucked it's in. Tucked in. Yeah, I can't have the covers tucked in because I have to have some movement. Like You know, I, I can't do that. No, I mean
2: tucked but, under my foot. Like, yeah, yeah, I can't have it tucked in either. Yeah. I got to have I, it tucked
1: under me. I don't yes. know why. <laughs> well, because something's gonna, going to, to grab yeah. your foot. You can't – or that creepy claw – you know that you see coming out from the side of the bed is, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't get, no. No arms, yep. no legs, nothing hanging off the side. <laughs> and if I wake up like that, it freaks me out and I jump up and then I can't go back Scream. to sleep because all I, all I can think about <laughs> is how something was getting ready to grab me. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm it probably was. So messed up. To be fair. Because it was, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's something under that goddamn bed. Um <laughs> So anyway, that covered my number two. So let's just go ahead into your number one.
2: Okay. The the woman in the well who says she's Bodie's Echo, I thought was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they handled it. She sounded kind of creepy, but also kind of intriguing and not so creepy that a little kid wouldn't be curious to explore more. She just had a perfect voice. I liked her voice. She and, and, did. Right? And yeah. when he goes, hello, are you my Echo? And she's like, yes, I am, Bodhi. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what the hell? But then I liked how she was a shadow at first, but then more and more got revealed as every time you saw her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it seems like she's the villain because she told a lot of lies She, she, or half-truths. She said that anywhere, Key could take you anywhere in the world you want to go. But then it turns out, no, it's only places you've already seen. And and then the mirror key was the big lie that you can only see or that it will let you see people who have died. Well, yeah, because they died because they used it. <laughs> but she the flat out lie was that, you know, you you'll be able to see your father. That's just not true. Um I can hear Ben Kenobi from a certain point of view. But <laughs> she I, I think she um she wanted him to or she said give that to your mom and later she when she was sort of being more honest laying everything out on the table because she got what she wanted she said oh yeah this is a great key to give your enemies which made me think she sees mom as an enemy but right. also but I think she did that because she knew Bodhi would come back asking for help and she could then exchange, you know, say, I'll help mm. you if you give me the that Anywhere key. leverage.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then when she got the Anywhere key, she was like, good luck, kid. And then she just See used ya. it to get out. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if, because uh, she used a well, uh, door that was in the well room to get out. I wondered if maybe she, can't, she couldn't escape the well room at all without the Anywhere key. So now she's out. And she went to see Sam Lesser, the killer of their father, and said, I told you I'd come see you. So it sounds like they already knew each other. And maybe she had something to do with why he killed Rendell looking for information about Key House or something like that.
1: Right. That's that's what I was getting. I I love that because that's actually my number one, too. Mm. Yeah. was this Echo girl. Uh, Again, the casting was great. She's exactly who I imagined her to be when um, I'm thinking about her, and her voice was completely spot on. She had this beautiful, seductive voice, which, Mm -hmm. you know just completely captivated even me i was like oh my gosh she right. sounds amazing i <laughs> was like funny. i i i i was like hooked i was like oh my god i would totally follow her down that damn well i thought she <laughs> sounded amazing um but it, it's exactly as i imagined it um would be and you know i was certainly curious about who she was and i love it like you said how they introduce her it's at first you don't really see her you just hear the voice and then she's a shadow and then you see her but she's just from like behind Um, so you just kind of see the outline of her and then you see her where she's sitting and she, she seems human. Um, but she, there's almost something the way her body language and the way that she kind of, um, sits and, and she's leaning over is almost a little inhuman. Um, but yeah, and then when she kind of comes up out of the shadows and um, at the end when she asks Bodhi for the anywhere key, I thought she was just absolutely beautiful and mysterious and I really want to learn a lot more about her, but you know yeah, I think she's could definitely be um perceived as the villain clearly um, since she lied to Bodhi um, to get him there and you know work to like trap um their mom in that um with the mirror key so i don't know i found her very intriguing and thought it was mm-hmm. absolutely spot on and i'm you know i yeah i think that because she definitely has something to do with the death of Rendell Locke um when she went and saw sam so i don't know
2: and i felt bad for bodie when she real- he realizes that she's Bad. Yeah, because like, he's like, "Well,
1: you're my friend, you know." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> poor kid. Toughen up, kid. Life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is how life works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trust anybody. Yeah, I like all of that. Well, that was my number one too. So I, that's funny that typically Sean and I will sync up like that too. Sometimes, yeah. Have all of those meet up so. I don't know. That was really good. Did you have any notes?
2: Yeah. A few. One um, comic book Bodhi influenced my choice of name for my son Bodhi. Oh, Um, I think that was, yeah. In the back of my mind, because I remember going back to look at the comic and realizing, Oh, he spells it different because my -hmm. Bodhi is B O D H I and his B O D E. But I know I had Mm -hmm. that in my head. Um, that's a that's personal cute. note <laughs> uh, Scott, her, Kinsey's new friend Refers to him and his friends as Me and my Droogs I, I think Droog came from Clockwork Orange They called it The game. Yes. called themselves that
1: Yes, you're right
2: And he calls them the Savini Squad After Tom Savini the <gasps> Tom
1: Savini <laughs> Yes, love so, him
2: So I guess they're like pop culture Slash horror nerds
1: I appreciate that Sounds like <laughs> yeah. the type of, wish I'd had friends like that in school. Nobody loved <laughs> horror movies whenever I was in school.
2: I know. Yeah. Those, I'd love to hang out with those kids. Yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, I'll say that for the comic talk section. Um, when Ma when Nina, the mom is talking about grinding up a lemon in the garbage disposal to cover up the smell of paint and then she's flashing mm-hmm. bl- back on Rendell's blood. Right. So. hmm she's really covering up the smell of blood maybe
1: Mm. oh that's dark
2: so if you had to lose one sense what would it be oh
1: gosh (laughs) um oh gosh that's tough I guess um, if I had to lose anything it would be my sense of hearing I guess
2: really interesting not smell huh
1: No, because it's like Nina said, smell is um, related to, like, memories. It's tied to memories. Mm
2: -hmm. What is there? Touch, sight, sound, smell, and taste.
1: I don't want to lose my taste because I I love food too much.
2: Yeah. And if you lose your smell, that does take away a lot of your taste, too. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's I heard a horrible if you, can't, question. If, you can't, if
1: you can't, if you can't smell, then you can't taste is what I heard. So even if you don't lose your sense of taste just by losing your sense of smell, you kind of lose a little bit of your sense of taste. And I love, and I don't want to lose like my sense of touch. I like, I like, I'm a toucher. I can't, I'm like that little kid in the store that's like touching everything. That's me. <laughs> like you can't take me you anywhere. You kind of need
2: touch. Like you might step on a nail or something and you won't know it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, physical contact is always a good thing. And you know, yeah, I, I like to touch things and not I'm a always feeler. But a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What about you?
2: I think smell. I mean, I wouldn't want to lose any sense, but I, I, you know, I love podcasting, and I, I don't know, that would be pretty hard without hearing.
1: Well, that's why they have, you could have like closed captioning for, um, and have it transcribed for you <laughs> as the other person's yeah. talking.
2: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to lose any sense, but I think it would have to be smell if I had to, if I had to pick one.
1: Oh man.
2: Yeah. Luckily I don't, I don't have to.
1: Yeah. We don't want to do that. I don't want to lose any mm. of them either, but if if you're going to hold, hold me to it, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'd pick.
2: I mean, sometimes okay. smell, I would like to lose my sense of smell with a three <laughs> changing
1: changing diapers <laughs> <laughs> and
2: hearing too. come to think of it
1: <laughs> yeah it probably depends on the day right <laughs> can i lose my sense of hearing today because kids <laughs> making me crazy <laughs> that's funny um well, I think I've covered all of my notes. The Aloha moment was was a big, big mm-hmm. one for me. Um, <laughs> boy, that little kid—he just had the greatest enjoyment. I feel like not all of that was acting; like he was really into that moment, like for real. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> his face lit up.
1: Yeah, he was super happy. I feel um, in that moment, like a, a real personal moment that wasn't all acting for him. I feel so. Yeah, I think I think we've I've covered all of my notes so far. Cool. So awesome well now we have a few news items i'll probably i've got one in here that's kind of really long so i'm i've I'm, already planned on kind of skimming over it just a little bit because i think mm-hmm. um, drawing that out going to be a lot but I, I thought it was kind of cool to tell that story a little bit so i'll go over some of this kind of quick cause I know we're kind of um getting into time here but the first one that i have is from ign um i thought this was kind of interesting so Um, At the Lock and Key Season 1 premiere fan event in LA, Carlton Cuse and Meredith Avril, she's also one of the showrunners um, and producers and writers um, on the show, they explained why they changed the name of the town where Key House is located from Lovecraft to Matheson. So this could be... yeah, well, I don't know. I, I read some more about it. So I don't know. I don't know that I'm really that against it or anything. But if for those that don't know, in the comics, the the town um, is called Lovecraft. Um, and, it, it, and then it's actually called Welcome to Lovecraft. Um, mm-hmm. But they changed it here. To it to
2: horror
1: Right. So what they said was, they said it was actually Joe Hill's idea to do that. It was a homage to Richard Matheson, one of Joe's favorites. So that was really his choice to do that, um, is what Carlton Q said. So he shared a few more details. He said there was a lot of Lovecraftian elements in the comics. And then when we moved it to TV, Joe was like, well, I want to honor another author. So, yeah, like you said, Jason Richard Matheson was an American author who wrote I Am Legend and What Dreams May Come. Um, And then both of those titles were turned into feature films starring um, Will Smith. And then Robin Williams was in What Dreams May Come. That was a really great film, by the way.
2: I Am Legend actually was the the story was the inspiration for George Romero doing Night of the Living Dead.
1: Wow. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Richard Matheson has inspired a lot of writers. He even inspired um, Stephen King himself, which is, if anyone doesn't know at this point, is Joe Hill's (laughs) father.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: He's a classic.
1: He is. So I I just thought that was interesting. People are probably, or at least maybe some folks who maybe are somewhat familiar, and maybe if you're not and you just don't even care, it doesn't even matter. But um, I thought it was kind of interesting (laughs) being familiar. Um, Yeah, I think it's cool.
2: Except Matheson just sounds so pedestrian compared to Lovecraft. But oh well, it's fine.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess if you know, I guess knowing where it comes from maybe might help a little little. bit. That helps a little. At least it does for me because yeah, you're right. It does sound a little pedestrian. But if you know the Um, history of why and who it's for maybe that gives a little um, richness to it Mm -hmm. Uh, next item that I have is from the Hollywood Reporter so for those that don't know the long um, path to get lock and key uh, to the screen uh, there was a lot of effort uh, from a lot of people to get it where it is today. So um, here's a little bit of history. Um, like I said, I'll skim over some of this because it's kind of long, um, but it started in September of 2010. Um, Dimension lost the rights to the property. So Fox announced that Lock and Key would be in the works. Um, they start handing out a series uh, to um, for a commitment for the drama. Um, and then... It just kind of sat there um, after it had been... They had done a pilot, and it just kind of sat there. And then November 2010, that same year, they started casting for the pilot. And Miranda Otto was the original um, Nina Locke. Um, in, the, in the leading role and then there were other folks attached to it as well as jesse mccartney sarah bulger skylar gartner i don't know these people or I'm not
2: familiar with them jesse mccartney was in one episode of fear the walking dead when he contacted oh, he alicia there, over the radio he used to be a singer he would be a okay. good um tyler but i'm glad this didn't go through because i see here you have Alex Kurtzman and Roberto Orsi were the writers. They're the mm-hmm. same ones that wrote those horrible, amazing Spider-Man movies that I, and oh. I totally hate them. So I'm glad yeah. that didn't go through.
1: You know, everything happens for a reason.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that was in November 2010. They were starting casting. Um, and then going into May 2011, the, in the following year, they give its first drama series, Orders of the Season, to Alcatraz, which is a bone spin off. The Finder and Lock and Key is passed over. Um, and then they consider, they start to consider Lock and Key maybe running as a limited series. Um, and I don't think we'd really seen a lot of limited series at that time. Um, so, they're, they're, the producers try to make one final pitch to Fox. Um, they do actually enjoy the horror tone, but they're worried that it's going to be a little too heavy with the emotional story about a family moving on after the loss of their father. Um, so again, it's sitting um, for a while until July of 2011, the options on the cast have expired. Cause Hey, these folks kind of, you know, um, sign these temporary things um, to do this pilot. And if it doesn't get picked up, well then they get to move on. So those options have expired. Um, they again, try to find a new home for lock and key. So producers at 20th century Fox um, and studio Fox 21, um, make a rare decision to screen the finished pilot at San Diego Comic Con, which is sometimes where a warm reception can um, make or break a show. At this point, the show is pretty much on life support, so that's not a good sign. Um, later in September 2011, NBC Universal-owned network sci-fi they kind of kicked the tires on Lock and Key a little bit. They quickly realized that the former Fox pilot doesn't match the cabler's aesthetic, and that the project would have required significant changes. So, no more serious bites skip ahead three years to june july 2014 um the original folks kurtzman and orsi reteamed to set up lock and key as a feature film with universal how do you think that would have worked out feature film um for this maybe they
2: would have done done it with the idea of having sequels
1: maybe i think think they said yeah i think they were going to adapt the comic as a series of three low-budget horror films okay well it's the same writers years. that
2: i don't like kurtzman or see so as i'm hearing all this i'm glad <laughs> that it didn't go until now <laughs>
1: keep keep moving keep moving um So going into the next year, nothing comes of that one. And in October of 2015, comic author Hill confirms the Universal uh, Film Trilogy is no longer moving forward, but expresses optimism that publishers IDW, which was slowly entering the production landscape, could try to adapt the beloved title for TV again. So um, now we're into May of 2016. Seven months later, IDW and Hill announced that Lock and Key is being developed for TV again. This time, Hill will adapt his comic and pen the script before the potential series is shopped to both broadcast yes really and cable networks um he was really hoping to land a straight to series order as part of the process hill says i love the story seven years i spent working on lock and key was the happiest creative experience of my life there still isn't a day when i don't think about these characters and miss visiting with them um jump to april 2017 nearly a year later they're again shopping the script around which now um, has Lost co-creator Carlton Kuse on board. Um, so they're shopping it around in Netflix, HBO, and FX. Among others, it lands at Hulu, and they order a pilot. Um, July 2017, they end up having um, a scheduling conflict with another show, and they replace the director with It's Andy Machete, which I thought that was really interesting. That dude's yeah. doing some interesting things. Yeah. Um, So they had to get a new director. So August 2017, new director locked in, casting gets underway. They now have a fresh new um, cast taking over all of the roles. They did end up locking in um, young Jackson Robert Scott um, who plays young Bodie? So he was committed, um, at that time and cast. Um, and then they start on production, but then March, 2018 Hulu delivers yet another blow to the property and they pass on the lock and key pilot. So here we go again, what's going to happen after that? Well, then May, 2018, news leaks that Netflix is picking it up, coming to the rescue. Um, but then by that time director, um, Andy Machete is busy with it too and had to depart two months later in July 2018. Netflix makes, makes it official. Hands out straight to series 10 episode order. Um, they bring on Meredith Averill who comes from the good wife and haunting of Hill house. She wrote the bent neck lady episode guys. Mm. Just saying, Mm. um, coming up into December 2018. The series order is official. They round out all of the cast members, January, 2019. Um, Oh, that one's not important. December twenty nineteenth, where they're almost finished with it, they decide it will premiere its entirety in the first season on February seventh. And they they reshot that today. pilot,
2: the one that Hulu turned down. Yeah, <coughs> they did. Netflix did. So mm-hmm. it kind of makes me wonder what the Hulu pilot was like with Andy Machete as director and Carlton Cuse as showrunner I know. and everything.
1: I don't know I, if I'll have to see if that's out there. I did see the one for Fox. I saw the Fox pilot. Or sorry, not the pilot, but the teaser yeah, sure. that they released. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that that had a long road to get us here, where we are today. So let's let's appreciate a little bit. If you if you like it, then let's sit back and appreciate it for a moment. <laughs> um, the last item that I have for the news is from Sci Fi Wire. So during a press event at the Netflix headquarters in Hollywood, California today, Hill and Rodriguez joined the series showrunners Carlton. Cl- Cuse and Meredith Avril to discuss all things Lock and Key, including a new one-shot for IDW called Lock and Key Battalions. Um, I don't know that this gets really spoilery. It's not a whole lot of comic talk, but they are going to talk a little bit about what their next... Um, issues um, for Locking Key are going to be. So if you don't want to hear that, feel free to to skip ahead. But I don't think it gets real spoilery. So Joe Hill confirmed he was actively writing the issue, which is set at the beginning of the 20th century. He says it will take the comic in a really interesting direction, in a direction it's never gone before. Um, There's also a plan for another six-book series called World War Key. I had an idea for it just this morning, literally over breakfast. Um, He said it involves the characters from Open the Moon and Small World. Um, The creative duo's last serialized run for the Lock and Key comics universe was the Alpha and Omega arc, which ended in December of 2013. Um, They said they've been discussing concepts and ideas for new stories since the first one. And because it's such an engaging universe, they feel there's a sense of responsibility towards it. They said, if you're going to get back to this world and these characters again, it's because there's a meaningful story to tell. After a process of pitching each other for years now, it's been great to both feel we are ready to get back to this and tell something engaging. So I think that, is positive that they feel like they didn't want to revisit it unless they had something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: I think the first issue came out like way back in 2003 or something, but mm-hmm. they've uh, definitely, you know, once they wrapped up the story of the Locke family they still, I mentioned this earlier, but they occasionally will just, oh, I thought of a great idea. That would be a cool new key. And they set it in some other time period and just put out like a two issue story or something. And it's always the same writer and artist. And they're always great. And I always pick them up no matter what.
4: Mm.
1: Yeah, just whenever they absolutely. feel like it. <clears throat> yeah, exactly so yeah i won't go into much detail the rest of this but this they they kind of wrap up the story um just where they kind of mention that um they have been commissioned by netflix to develop scripts for season two if the show proves to be a success so it just came out friday so i guess they're just kind of waiting to see how well received it is um i'm sure they're going to put out the numbers for uh, like how many people watched it or whatever like they always do um and see if it's successful, if they're going to do a second season or not. So I don't know. I, I you always feel so uncertain when they're when they're doing this. Like, did they end it in a spot where it's where you would be satisfied if it didn't get picked up again? I doubt or it. Is it. Are they going to leave you hanging? <laughs> yeah,
2: and you know, I I liked the first episode, and now that I've talked about it with you, I like it even more, pro- kind of a lot more actually. And so I'm nervous that because it's getting lukewarm reviews from seems like people who are. are expecting it to be just like the comic that people might shy away from it and it might not be successful and they might not um you know go for a season two so i hope if it stays as good as this first episode i hope they do do a season two
1: me too okay well that is all the news that i have um next we have listener feedback and that's our listener responses do you want to take that first one for me
2: Okay, Lindsay Schlick says, hmm, well, that was not what I was expecting at all. The book, the author, and the previews made me think I was getting a creepy show to tide me over until Hill House returns. By the end of episode one, I felt like I was watching some kind of spooktacular Halloween show on the Disney channel. Not going (laughs) to lie, pretty disappointed. Could end up a Carnival Row type situation where I only stick around for the podcast. Hoping I'm wrong and it was just a slow start. Maybe I'm being too critical, interested to hear what you guys thought. You know, another thing that kind of for me also too, gave it a bit of a Disney vibe was the music. I didn't love the music. It was fine, but it felt like a Disney kid show soundtrack. Hmm. I think, I think if they had made the music a little less chipper and a little more grounded and darker and creepier that it would have helped the tone not feel so, so much like that. But, uh, I don't know. I hear where you're coming from. For me, when they finally did get to some of the key stuff at the end, like I said before, it was kind of trippy, and hopefully that trippiness will help keep it kind of cool and edgy versus just like some kid's adventure. But I don't know. We'll see. I hope. Yeah, it just needs to be darker.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I like the dark. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We we might get there. I um, mean, yeah. we've only seen the first episode, so. Alright, the next one we have is from Josh Sianovich. C- I'm so sorry. I think I mispronounce that every time. My apologies. Um, he says, I couldn't agree more with Pake, which his is next. Um, (laughs) While it is inherently difficult to adapt the source material for the small screen, I absolutely love the aesthetic, the characters, the music, and the cinematography. I love that the show has a little Easter eggs around for comic and horror fans alike. I'm really curious how much of the story they are going to adapt for this first season and where we will go from there. So excited to finally be starting this journey at Keyhouse.
2: And Paik says... I'm extremely giddy right now. I've been waiting years for this show. I hoped it would hold up to the graphic novel series I love so dearly. And as far as the pilot episode goes, they did it incredible justice. I'm so excited to see how they pull off so many of the keys, characters, and insanity from the books. I'm on bo- board fully and can't wait to take this journey to Key House. Nice. That's nice. We'll see,
1: he, it sounds like he's been pretty stoked for this you know for quite some time and he's a big fan of the comics and he seems satisfied so i guess there are some folks that um are enjoying both so i don't know hopefully Lindsay, let's see what you think about when she watches a couple more and let's see where we go um We'll see. Well, that was great, guys. Thanks for that feedback. Hey,
0: Reba, Joe, Shad, um, Jason. This is Derek here from Ireland. Just calls. wanted to give you some thoughts on um, episode one of Locke and have Key. I haven't read the Gator. comic books, but I bought the first volume now uh, after watching the first episode because really enjoyed this opening. Um, great intro, that uh, announcement of the death of Randall Locke leading to this character we haven't even got the name of uh blowing himself up by sticking a key into his chest what a what a great way to start the show and show you this isn't a uh disney movie or this isn't a standard haunted house movie for kids it's a a much more adult take which i thought was a really great way to start also a great touch calling the town matheson after richard matheson i presume that's from the comic books Mm. um but richard matheson is the writer of hell house which is one of the best uh, haunted house stories i've ever read really really good um the family themselves, well cast. I do really like seeing the kid from uh, It, Georgie, get a big role. He really can take that on. Uh, Coults the Uncle Duncan. I like, I like the relationship he has with all the kids. Uh, and the mother, the actress who plays the mother, Nina, uh, brings a kind of good sense of sadness to her role as kind of the recently widowed character. I uh, really like that in there. Uh, the keys themselves, obviously being main characters in the show, love that idea of the open-any-door key showing you the main power that any of these keys could possibly have. Uh, that's scary moment with I guess the well dwelling Echo is that what we call her love that scene where Echo kind of confronts the kid and he wants help but she just takes the key and goes bye bye and off on her own adventures so that was really interesting Um, good intro to the world overall Uh, very intriguing final scene as they get into Echo going to prison and I loved that mirror world thing that they had in this episode that was really cool again just seeing all the different permutations of what these keys can do I think it's going to be a pretty exciting series I can understand why it sustained uh, a comic books for such a long time anyway those are my general thoughts on the first episode of the show hopefully i'll get some feedback into it for episode two as well and hope you're enjoying us as much as i am bye
1: that's awesome he was so enthusiastic i love that And he was so nice to send me a voicemail because i asked him i was like i really hope i get a voicemail from from this show he was nice enough he provided me one so thank you derek that was lovely
2: i like that he pointed out that first scene was pretty adult
1: yeah oh for sure
2: really a disney kind of a scene
1: yeah i get it i i see where people especially after reading the comics yeah, you know i totally get it but like you i'm I'm trying to kind of appreciate it for its own thing um so yeah hopefully hopefully more folks will come around if we've lost some. so um next call that we have is from our good friend on one
3: Hi Team Awesome, I've missed you guys. You know I'm not really usually into the spooky, ghosty, haunted type of shows but I'm going to give this one a go and I really enjoyed it. It's pretty creepy and I have to say I was um, hiding behind the couch cushion some of the times. Um, I don't trust Uncle Duncan, I think Uncle Duncan is evil, watch out for him. I haven't read the comics by the way So obviously I know nothing Coming in fresh um, I was so sure little Timmy was going to fall down the well But instead he makes friends with the (laughs) scary lady in the well I thought the suspense was really well done And when they're getting pulled into the mirror It was so creepy and it was so awesome But the creepiest part was the mum not remembering what had happened And I don't know what that's about But it's awesome and it's really, really good tension I'll be following along week to week with you guys. Looking forward to seeing how the story unfolds. Bye! Oh, that Bye. was awesome.
1: Bye! Yeah, that's
2: cool. Yeah, I guess if you're not desensitized to dark stuff like you and me, that this could be pretty creepy.
1: <laughs> I know. I sometimes forget. Like, I'm like, what? Why? you mean? That's scary. You know, when yeah. people, when I, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't like that. I'm like, oh, I forget that yeah i've watched that stuff since i was like five years old so <laughs> oh oh well thanks and when that was wonderful and i appreciate that so much um such great friends and speaking of great friends we've um our final voicemail of the night is from our good friend steve brown steve brown
4: uncle duncan looks familiar to me you know i always get him mixed up with sean ashmore um <laughs> strange <laughs> indeed it's steve and uh This is for Lock and Key Episode (laughs) 1. So, a couple of notes. Let's see. Uh, I didn't realize Polaroid cameras still existed. But, uh, you know, they're real and they're expensive. But he's got one and he's got film. So, you know, take pictures. Um, (laughs) You know, I hate to admit this, but I hope I've got Sean on my side with this one. Echo may be the bad guy, but she's still pretty smoking hot. And, you know, the door that she went through did have the one thing that Bodie needed to rescue his mom, which was the rope. So, you know, inadvertently, she got them to the thing that was able to make them rescue the mom. So, yeah, I'm holding out hope that she might not be bad, but I'm pretty sure she is. Um but, you know, it's it was good. I, I enjoyed the first episode. I'm uh, excited to see the second episode. Um, in fact, uh, as always, I can go on to the second episode after I record this voicemail. I uh, did love all the music in this, even though I didn't recognize the bands necessarily, or not all the bands, but I uh, definitely did think the music was, was really well done, and the mystery of Key House is, uh, is, is going to last us for a little bit. I'm... Uh, um, I'm enjoying it. I watched the trailer. So it looks like we've got a lot of things coming up that are going to be a little more faster paced maybe than this first episode. But they did have to set up everything. And uh, so I can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later.
2: That's an interesting point about the rope. Yeah. How she led him to the thing that would save mom.
1: That's true. That's true. (laughs) that's true and um, Steve even though Sean is not here for this I think it's safe for me to speak for him and say that he would probably agree with you that the echo girl was smoking hot Um, (laughs) anyway that was really great everybody had such great feedback Um, I love that, I love hearing from all of our great listeners so thank you everyone for that feedback keep writing in, keep sending us your voicemails Um, it makes me giddy um, and if we didn't already know, I did post, uh, posts and comment threads for all of the episodes. Cause I've, you know, I know people really struggle with like binging, they watch it all. And then they, you know, by the time we get around to it, they've already moved on. So I feel like if you guys want to go out and post, um, there, just go find it on our page. Um, they are all there. So thanks guys so much. Cool. Um, so the next section, um, that, we're going to discuss is the comic talk section so um for anybody that maybe doesn't want to hear anything about the comics again like joe hill said um comics won't spoil the show Show won't spoil the comics but if there's still some details um, and you want to kind of remain just pure then you might want to skip ahead a little bit so okay so with that being said i'm, I'm full disclosure i have not finished all of the comics I am not a comic expert so I don't want people like booing me or sending me nasty emails about get your shit together Remo what are you talking about you don't know um you know you don't know what you're talking about so full disclosure so what you said that you read the comics a long time ago um and you decided not to uh reread them in anticipation to kind of be somewhat pure do you remember any of the details um that or maybe differences <laughs>
2: I mean, I definitely remember Bodie going to the well and hearing the voice mm-hmm. and, you know, I remember what all the characters look like and that's why I think they did a really good job of capturing and what they were like yeah. personally. So even though the mom doesn't really look like the mom in the comic, she acted like her. Yes, she did. And yeah, and the girl from the well looks just like the girl and acts just like her from the comic.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I don't remember that guy from the beginning, but I... Yeah, I just, you know, like I said, I was reading in these reviews that the comic is bloodier and darker and more scary. And so since you just read it, is that true?
1: Yes, um, at least, yeah. especially for like the the f- first volume. So the the scene where Rendell gets shot, um, that part is true. But also in the comic, Nina was raped in the oh comic. Oh, yeah um, holy
2: shit by sam lesser
1: so he had a friend with him and i can't oh, remember his last uh, name his first name was al i don't
2: remember that at all
1: yeah yes. yeah so she while sam is is dealing with um Rendell, the other guy gets nina and he raped her and she kills her attacker with an axe to the head and oh, wow. they showed they showed that in the comic and um, so that is definitely you know a more graphic than so far at least what the show has gotten um, so we still have some violence I mean Nina got shot um, and went through her her glass window and then we see Rendell getting shot but I feel like um, and that might be too much for some people um, but compared to the, what was in the comics it was um, definitely a little whitewashed I think yeah mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. it's hard to say, oh, I wish they would have had that in there because um, it's rape and that's n- no fun. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> but this is all uh, – I so I don't know what I think. Maybe it's better that they left it out. But, I mean, I do wish that they would just do their best to make these things exactly in the spirit of the comic. I, I feel like you can't go wrong if you do that, if something is – this well received, you know, it won awards. It's beloved by fans. Mm-hmm. That you put it in the way it's, um the way it is in the comic, and it's it's horrific, but it's a horror comic. So right. I don't know. Anyway, what yeah, el- like anything the else? Dead.
1: Well, the, it's kind of the same with The Walking Dead, right? Like the show is, yeah, like the comics are, are way more graphic than the show There's ever
2: gets. One Thing with Michonne in the comic that I'm kind of glad they didn't.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I and I know what you're so, talking about, right? and God, I, We won't talk about so it here. So awful.
2: Yeah, like, I know. I wish I hadn't doing. even read that. um yeah. Anyway, yeah, pro- maybe it was a better idea not to have that. But what about anything else that was so, that stood out as being different?
1: Yeah, a few things that stood out. So when Bodie in the show found the anywhere key, it wasn't as big of a deal. I feel as like what it was in the comic, or at least not as dramatic. And in the comic, I feel like it was a lot more dramatic and more of a moment. And here mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, um, a side thing. Oh, he just, it was kind of cool because especially like the, I love how they showed. And I should, I meant to mention this earlier, um, when we were talking about it, but Kinsey, her bracelet, um, yeah. that is the hiding place for the anywhere key. I really like how they showed that. And that was great attention to detail because it looked exactly like it does in the comics. And I loved that. Um, so, I wish that they had made it a little bit of a bigger deal like they did in the comic. That was a little bit of a letdown for me. I was like, oh, it's not kind of a moment there. Um, and then in the comic, it took uh, Bodie longer in the books to convince Tyler and Kinsey that the keys were like a thing. Like, hey, I'm there's these keys and they yeah. they can do these things it took a little bit longer but so i don't know if you know they're just trying to change the the pace a little bit because right. it's different in the comics in the show but it
2: yeah i'm glad like i said that yeah. they didn't drag that out too long
1: yeah and then like we've talked about a, a little bit already um was you know the comics i think has a little bit more horror a little bit more um at least graphic to it because like said, Nina was raped and she, you can, you know, she takes, uh, an ax to the head of her attacker. Um, and Rendell, you know, dying was a little bit more graphic and kind of showing him, um, after he, he was dead. Um, had a little bit more darkness to it and you can definitely feel and it might have to do with like the art with the color, you know how they, you know, do the panels and such um, in the comics. So I feel like the, the comics are a little bit darker and that's kind of missing from the show, but I still think the Mm -hmm. show on its own is a a really good thing. Um, But the comics, you know, I, I was reading that people also had an issue with, you know, like how funny the show was and how it had all these funny moments, but you know, it's like, well, the Comics did too. If you yeah. go back and read the comics, there were some funny moments in there as well. So I don't know that yeah. that was a fair um, criticism or not. Critic. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like I was saying about I, I, what I love about the comic is it contains so much. It has the heart of the family and also a lot of horror and creepiness. You know, it's just really big. Um, it it just has a lot of different things in it.
1: Yeah. And the mirror key was not in the, in the comics that was for the show. Um, and as far as I know that scene, the opener, when we were talking about the guy in the fire and when he stabbed himself with that fire key, um, I don't know that that was from was I, not it, yeah I don't remember I yeah. haven't gotten to that point if that if it is but um so I don't remember that yeah. yeah but it but it is interesting how they're kind of blending some things and they've changed some of the dialogue um, you know one character you know one character's dialogue might have been said by someone else in the show so um, mm-hmm. you know they're kind of changing things a little bit but I I still like you know where it's at so anyway cool, cool. do you have any other thoughts about the comic
2: nope
1: okay cool. That was awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So next week.
2: Next week, we'll be covering episode two of Lock and Key entitled Trapper Keeper. While Nina uncovers details about Rendell's past, Kinsey helps out the Savini squad. Meanwhile, Tyler falls in with a bad crowd and Bodhi finds another key.
1: Is it weird for you? um, You said that you had that name in mind for, for your little boy. Is it, Weird to have have a, a kid named Bodie in this show.
2: A little, yeah. It's <laughs> I mean it's, it's not uh, a name yeah. you hear every day. Right. Yeah, I mean I hear it more now that my kids name that, I notice it more, but yeah, it's still That's true. relatively rare. Yeah. <laughs>
1: super cute. Um
2: there's a key that I really loved in the comics Since we're not in the comic talk section now, I won't talk about it, but just to put it out there, I can't wait to see this one certain
0: key. <laughs>
1: i'm really excited i think for what's coming up since i've read the comics i'm i'm really excited for but i don't know that it's the same one that you're thinking of so um yeah that's awesome okay so well we are really excited for you to follow us into key house but until then you can follow us on twitter at strange cast
2: you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stranger And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod.
1: You can email us at stranger things cast pod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV time app.
2: And you can find strange indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Please go out and leave a review for strange indeed on Apple podcasts.
1: Well, and why don't you tell everyone where we can find your podcasts and what you're doing right now? I just did. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, because you're you're the godfather of podcasting.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing a Walking Dead cast. Uh, Lucy and I are actually going to do an episode next week, kind of catching everyone up on where Walking Dead is since it's been a while since the first part of season 10 if you guys are following walking dead then you know season 10 point 5 starts the next week after that so we'll be yay! delving into that yay and uh i guess that's all i'm doing right now i wrapped up mandalorian on house podcasts oh recently my gosh. and that was awesome
1: so good i can't wait to go back and rewatch that
2: <laughs> i've seen every episode like 4 times because bodhi always asks for it
1: Right. How yeah. am You probably have the script memorized with as much as what you've had to watch it um, with him. Probably. Yeah. That's adorable. Well, that's exciting.
2: Oh, it's my turn. Sorry. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Jason. And Pig Allen is strange indeed. Aloha. Aloha.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can't see what we're doing.